this morning from the book of John. <clears throat> message title is Partakers of Christ. And we're reading at John chapter 6 and verse 27. But before we read, uh, we will have a prayer and uh, then uh, uh, want to make a few comments. And then uh, I, will, I will read scripture. Lord, uh, we come to you this morning realizing that this is your book and the Holy Spirit is the great interpreter of this book. Lord, we thank you that the Holy Spirit enabled those who were with Jesus and heard him teach, enabled them to remember what he said and to put it down for us so that now in this day, hundreds of years later, we can read the words of Jesus and know that they are accurately put forth as he spoke them, that uh, we have, we have uh, the inspired word of God, that it's not just uh, hearsay, but it is the word of God, the Holy Spirit has directed. So I pray you'll help us this morning as we look at this word. We pray, dear Lord, that the things that uh, we need to hear this morning should be emphasized to us that the Holy Spirit will stamp them in bold print upon our heart and mind. I ask, dear Lord, for your blessings upon this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. And now while you're still seated, uh, we're going to look at this chapter 6. Uh, there are some very hard things that are recorded here in chapter 6. And uh, there's, uh, when you begin to look at chapter 6, and I, of course my reading is 20, verse 27, so we, we get into it later. And so I wanted, I wanted to tell you what went on, <clears throat> that there was a group of people that were following Jesus. Uh, in verse 2 of chapter 6, it says, uh, that it was a great multitude because they saw his miracles which he did on them that were diseased. Uh, so there, there's a large crowd of people that Jesus has attracted because of people that were healed, because of devils being cast out. Uh, he goes to a mountain uh, a distance away uh, to teach his disciples and the multitude follows him. And the scripture says that uh, the Passover, a feast of the Jews, and you remember Passover, that was when the death angel passed over the Israelites in the land of Egypt. And they were brought out then, and of course when we think of Passover and going uh, out into the wilderness, uh, God sustained them uh, in preparing for the Passover. Remember, they had the blood on the doorpost. They had, they had the lamb that was slain. Uh, they had the unleavened bread. Uh, so all these things are, are near at hand to be celebrated by the Jews as they celebrate the Passover yearly. And so... 
John notes that, that the Passover was near at hand. And uh, it says that uh, uh, in the first verse, uh, it calls the Sea of Galilee, also the Sea of Tiberias. So the, the Jews would refer to it as Gennesaret, or the Sea of Galilee, and Gentiles, non-Jews, would refer to it as Tiberias, which was named after the emperor, but it's the same place. It's still the Sea of Galilee. Uh, so uh, Jesus goes up to a mountain and he lifts up his eyes. He sees these, all these people. And so the scripture tells us that he has determined that he's going to feed this multitude. Uh, so that kind of reminds you a little bit of what, about what went on in the wilderness, doesn't it? There was a multitude of people, and God took care of them. Uh, Moses told them there was going to be manna, didn't he? And so there was manna that was put on the ground. Do you remember what manna means? It means what is it? The word manna means what is it? Uh, so... Uh, the, the manna was there every morning for them. Uh, they were only supposed to take enough uh, for that day. But I'm not going to stay on that. There's a lot of things I could say about the manna. Uh, so God provided for them in a special way. Uh, 5,000 men fed besides women and children. Um, the people are, are supercharged with anticipation because remember this multitude has followed Jesus because they've seen the miracles that he did. And now here's another miracle. There's food that's multiplied. And so uh, it says that, uh, uh, that in verse 14, these men when they'd seen the miracle that Jesus did said this is of a truth. The prophet should come into the world. This is who we've been looking for. And Jesus perceived that they would come and take him by force. He wasn't going to have a say in it unless he used his divine power to repel them. They were going to come and forcibly take him and make him their leader. That wasn't God's plan. Jesus had a chance to do that. Satan had offered that to him, didn't he? to bypass the cross when he was on the Mount of Temptation. So uh, it says Jesus knew what they were going to do. Uh, so it came to even time, to evening. Uh, and so he went down to the sea. So this is, this is beyond Capernaum, uh, where Jesus did a lot of his teaching and miracles and so forth, uh, where Peter's house was. Uh, and so uh, the scripture says that uh, it's evening time. Uh, he goes down to the sea and uh, it says uh, entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum. It was now dark. Uh, I said Jesus did, but his disciples came down to the sea. Uh, Jesus was not come to them. So they were following direction of Jesus. Go down to the sea. When you read the other Gospels, uh, you find out that Jesus compelled them to do that, to go over, to get in the boat and go over. 
Well, there, there was a plan for that. The plan was that uh, the multitude would see the disciples get in the boat and go on the sea, and uh, Jesus is not with them. Jesus is up on the mountain. And so they think Jesus is still there with them. And the scripture says that uh, when, when the disciples got in the ship, uh, that Jesus did not get in the boat with them. And the multitude knew that. They knew that Jesus didn't get in the boat. Jesus is still with us here on land. He went up on the mountain to pray. We're going to stay here because Jesus is here. But Jesus wasn't there, was he? He went walking on the sea. He got, he got across another way. Uh, it says, uh, Jesus drew nigh to them walking on the water. Uh, they, were, they were afraid. Uh, and uh, Jesus was there at the boat. Uh, and immediately... There's another miracle takes place. The ship is where, where they're headed. It doesn't say there's any space of time. It just, it is there. So um, one commentator said, uh, it doesn't even say Jesus got in the boat. It just says that Jesus, Jesus identified himself and the boat was where it was headed, which was around Capernaum. And uh, so... The land, it was at the land whither they went. Uh, the day following when the people stood on the other side and saw there was no other boat there, that no one whereunto the disciples were entered and that Jesus went not with his disciples, which is what I just told you, uh, but that his disciples were gone away alone. So now what? Uh, Howbeit there came other boats from the other side, or up the coast, nigh unto the place where they did eat the bread that the Lord had given and multiplied. When they there saw, foresaw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they got in these ships that came from up coast. They got in them, and they went to Capernaum, where the disciples had gone. Uh, they found him... On the other side of the sea, they found Jesus over there, and they're, they're scratching their heads. See the question there? <laughs> that makes sense, doesn't it? Rabbi, when did you come over here? <laughs> there was only one boat. You, you weren't in that. We thought you were still over there. We were over there where, where you were before. How did you get here? Jesus doesn't answer that question. We know the answer. Because we got the text. He walked on the water. Jesus answered them, said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you're looking for me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. And so then we're going to read at verse 27. Now you can stand up if you want to, and we'll read 27 to 51. Jesus tells them, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, 
for him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? So here we have an, a question. What kind of, of things do we have to do that would count for, a, for our eternal reward, for our eternal life? Jesus said unto them, This is the work, not the works. Not the works. The work of God that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. They said, Wherefore unto him, What sign showest thou then, that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then they said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh unto me cometh to me I will no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will, which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should rise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews therefore, the Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall, all, they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God, he has seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, <clears throat> that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And that's all I'm going to read to you this morning uh, on, on that reading, compacted reading. So you may be seated now. And so uh, Jesus goes into a teaching on the bread that came down from heaven. 
Now, when you go to verse 41, it says the Jews then murmured at him. Uh, when it says the Jews, it's understood to mean that those were people that were related to work of the synagogue, that they were a part possibly of the hierarchy of Jewish rulership, uh, Pharisees and so forth, Sadducees. <coughs> so they, they murmur at him because what he said did not go along with their belief. I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said he didn't come down from heaven. We know where he lived, down, down the block here. We, we know where he's from. Uh, we know his beginnings. They thought they knew, didn't they? But they didn't know his beginnings. Uh, so they didn't realize the miraculous birth that brought him into this world, that gave him a body, and that caused him to become a person like you and I, only without a sin nature. And so uh, they go back to the natural origin. Oh, we know his father. Well, it wasn't his father. It was his, it was his stepfather, wasn't it? Uh, we know his mother, yeah, Mary. How is it then that he saith, I come down from heaven? Jesus said, why are you murmuring? Uh, so he's talking to this group of people uh, some of them have some belief in Jesus and they're following him because they see the miracles that he's done uh, and so he uses he uses this time with them to tell them uh, that he is the only source of salvation Jesus in verse 29 answered and said unto them this is the work of God that you believe on him whom he has sent so there's nothing else we can do to get to heaven. That's what Jesus tells them. They're wanting to know what works can we do. Jesus said, this is it. If you put your full faith in me, I'm the only source of salvation. And so if you try any other way, it's not going to work. It's not going to get you into the presence of God at the end of your life. You'll be disappointed with that. He said that as being the only source of salvation, that they needed to look to him, uh, believe on him whom he has sent. And he says that God is in charge of who comes to Jesus. Uh, so if you look over in the book of Isaiah, uh, actually, uh, Isaiah 54, 13, uh, you'll find the scripture that Jesus is referring to, Isaiah 54, 13, and it says this, and all thy children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of thy children. <clears throat> and so God is not exclusive in his offer of teaching all 
that will come to him. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. So he does not make it an exclusive that only some of them, but all who desire can be taught of the Lord. And so our, our source of confidence is that God loves all people, that God has made provision for all people to be saved, that if anyone desires salvation, they are not barred from getting to Jesus. They are not excluded that they can come. It was encouraging at council to see uh, various uh, individuals. Uh, some of them did not fit into the group of what you would think of as uh, straight-laced uh, Church of Christ and Christian Union. Uh, there were there were different ones that kind of stood out. You wondered what what their background was. Uh, we are glad that God is calling people from different places, from different experiences, that if they open their heart to the Lord, they too can be saved. And so we're glad for the work that's being done by uh, that, what used to be called inner city ministries, uh, where people can come that are being misused for sexual reasons and uh, can receive food and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and have an opportunity. Um, they don't have to come, but they can come if they want to. And that's kind of what this verse in Isaiah says, um, all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. It's available to all. And so uh, Jesus, Jesus said uh, to them uh, that if you will believe on me, uh, you will receive the bread of life. He says, I am the bread of life. Uh, what about their fathers that ate manna in the wilderness? They all died, didn't they? There were none of them alive at that time. They all died. And so Jesus is saying, uh, I, I am superior. Uh, as the bread of life, I am superior to what the manna was in the wilderness. Because if you partake of me, then you have partaken of the bread of life. And, and you, will, you will have everlasting life. You will not die. Uh, physically, yes, our bodies will go to sleep. But spiritually, we go to be with the Lord and eventually we get a new body, don't we? Uh, we, get, we get a glorified body. And so uh, when Jesus says, uh, that uh, Moses gave you not that bread. He, he straightens out their thinking. He says, uh, remember, it wasn't Moses doing that. That was God. Uh, do you remember when uh, there was another time that bread was multiplied? Sometimes, sometimes you have a way of uh, forgetting some of the things you read. And I like to bring back to your memory 
some of those things that might have slipped. Do you remember when Elisha uh, multiplied bread for the people? Br- multiplied food, I should say. If you look in 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 42, uh, you'll find the reference. It says uh, that uh, there was there was a dearth. Uh, in verse 38, Elisha came again to Gilgal, uh, and there was a dearth in the land, and the sons of the prophets were sitting before him. First thing, they had a problem with a great pot. Remember the great pot of pottage, and they somebody had put something poisonous in it? And Elisha had to sweeten it up, didn't he? Actually had to remove the poison. But do you remember at that same time in verse 42, after, after they were able to eat the pottage, now, you know, when there's a famine, when there's, when there's a dearth, when there's not enough rain, that it doesn't just end in a, in a few days. It goes on. So there came a man from Belshazzar, and brought the man of God of the first fruits. So here's a godly person. He's taking care of these prophets. And it says he brought 20 loaves of barley and full ears of corn in the husk. Well, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? And uh, he said, give unto the people that they may eat. Well-intentioned. But uh, the person that was going to do the serving said... What? Should I set this before a hundred men? He said again, Give the people that they may eat. For thus saith the Lord, They shall eat and shall leave thereof. There's going to be leftovers. You think there's not going to be enough? There's going to be leftovers. And he set it before them, and they did eat, and left thereof according to the word of the Lord. So the Lord was able to do that. He did it with Moses. He did it with Elisha. He's able to multiply food. But when we talk about the bread of God, this is a staple that is like no other. It is in itself a singular, miraculous thing that God does in giving us eternal life. It comes to us through Jesus Christ. And he says, Jesus said, He that comes to me shall never hunger. That never happened with manna, did it? It never happened with the food that Elisha multiplied or that God multiplied for Elisha. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. He is totally, completely satisfying in everything that he does. Um, So... There were some that were struggling with what he said. And, of course, the Jews tried to find fault. Um, But aren't you glad for what Jesus said here in verse 37? Um, He says, And all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. I've used that verse many times. Him that cometh to me... I will in no wise cast out. Jesus has never turned one away. He welcomes all that will come to him. 
And as the supply of manna was sufficient, everyone could have manna in the wilderness. Everybody here with Elisha could eat all they wanted, and there was leftover. <laughs> so it is with Christ. We never have to worry about a short supply. There's enough for everybody that will come, and they can feast on the provisions that God has made available. <clears throat> so Jesus does not cast any out. And in verse 51, it says that, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And that bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. <clears throat> I didn't read the rest of that chapter. <clears throat> it, was a tough, it was a tough few things that Jesus said there in the next verses. He was telling these people that were for, forbidden <clears throat> to drink blood, as some did when they were slaughtering animals. Uh, they weren't even supposed to eat flesh that had blood in it. If it was strangled, they weren't, they weren't allowed to eat it as Jews. Uh, they were forbidden from that uh, because it, had, it contained too much blood. Uh, the carcass had to be drained. Uh, so he goes on to talk about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. Uh, some commentators said this doesn't refer to communion uh, because Jesus had not yet died. But then I remembered a scripture that says, if you want to come after me, take up your cross and follow me. He hadn't died on the cross yet, uh, but he was speaking prophetically, wasn't he? Uh, take up your cross. He knew what he was going to do, and he knew when he was speaking these things that there, was, there would come a time, certainly he was saying, I'm going to go back to the Father. Uh, and he says that uh, when he talks to them, uh, he says they, there were disciples that heard this in verse 60, which I didn't read to you. Uh, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? They were having a problem with it. How can we eat his flesh and drink his blood? Well, he was talking about his death on the cross. He was talking about what we celebrate in communion and what we studied in our Sunday school lesson this morning about what Paul said. And it, uh, Paul quoting what Jesus had said. And it says in verse 62, What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? Well, you think, I, you think this other's tough. So he's not talking about his literal body. He's talking symbolically about being fully involved in his death, in his sacrifice, which they didn't understand. But he gives them another. And how many of you realize there are some things we still don't understand about the scriptures? That it's an ongoing revelation. And sometimes we don't get it, and then, then it comes to us how it is. And sometimes it doesn't come to us. We're still waiting on that. But we have to take his word because we know who he is, and we can trust him. And so he said, I told you I came down from heaven. And the Pharisees, whoever, 
Sadducees maybe, they're grumbling about, I'll, I'll come down from heaven, we, we know where you lived. Uh, so then he says, so now you're having a little problem with me talking about my sacrifice of myself. Uh, what if, in verse 62, you see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? They saw that, didn't they? These disciples saw it. These disciples, Jesus says, are you going to go away? Some of the others have gone away. Lord, who can we go to? You have the words of life. I ask you, who can you go to that can save you? Who can you go to that can get you to heaven? There's nobody can do that. It's only Jesus. And he did it totally and completely. He gave himself fully. He shed his blood for us. He gave his body for us. <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> and so they did see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before. The faithful disciples did. Those that were gathered on the Mount of Olives. And he tells us to be faithful. And whether we die or whether we're resurrected, we're going to witness his coming again, aren't we? What if you see him come back again? <coughs> he has the power to do that. He is an all-powerful Savior. So I fully put my trust in him, whether I understand everything he says. Every time I read the word, I trust because I know he's good for it. I know he's going to take care of it. I know it's going to happen because he never fails. Jesus, we used to have that uh, old saying on our wall. You don't see it in as many homes as you used to, but Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails. <clears throat> and so we can trust him. We can depend on him. Yes, he knew what he was going to do. He gave himself fully and completely for our salvation that we could have life everlasting. And I'm so glad that he fulfilled what he said entirely. <clears throat> Josiah, do you want to send the electronic signal down? And uh, we're going to take communion here in a little bit. Um, and I know sometimes... Um, in fact, I think every time some of you like to pray uh, before we take communion, and I think that's good because we hold it in reverential fear, don't we? That Jesus gave his all for us, and we do not want to come up short on his expectation for us. So if you want to come and have prayer before we take communion, you can come to the altar, you can come to the front seat, however you want to do. <clears throat> and just have a talk with Jesus. And the same thing applies. Him that cometh to me, the person that comes to me, I will in no wise reject them. <clears throat>